Once again, it is time for Scaring is Sharing. It is a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. All things horror. All the things. And we're the Scare Boys. I am here today with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And I am here with Brandy Joe, the flaming scream queen, Planbeck. Flamey, flamey, flame, 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 all over the place. Burning it down. <laughs> that reminds me of Halloween ends. Burn it down. <laughs> That's no spoilers. No spoilers, but. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious. I, I read the box office is not as hot as they were hoping for. Yeah, I know they said on track, it was on track to be like some breakout box office hit. And apparently the returns are not what they thought they were going to be. So Yeah, so they're wondering if it's Peacock. And I mean, that makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, because a lot of people I know watch it on Peacock. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's still, I think, is like on track to make like $43 million or something. And it costs like $20 million to make. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's still going to do good. There's also, come on, guys. It, it, Movie people know this, uh, the law of diminishing returns with sequels. Like, no matter what, sequels tend to progressively make less money than the one before it. So It was interesting, though. The article I read said that Halloween 2018 made $76 million, which was only the third highest domestic debut ever for a horror film after the two It entries. Mm. I'm just so curious, though, and I don't know, maybe you know this since you're a kaiju boy, but mm-hmm. like... Are the Godzilla movies in like their native countries like gigantor hits? Like, is every one that come out like a, like a big time slasher here? Yes, and uh, I do know for a fact in Japan, like Godzilla movies. You know, like if you were to look at probably Japan's top box office alone, a lot of them are probably like Godzilla movies, monster movies, or at least those rank in places where in the U.S. you'd see like superhero movies. You know, yeah. and like over there, that's what they would have. I, I know for a fact that um, uh, when was that one from the late 60s or 70s? But when they did the original King Kong versus Godzilla, that was the for many years, that was the biggest grossing Japanese film ever released. Wow. Uh, for So it was often referred to as the Japanese Jaws because that's like, it was the big blockbuster in Japan that everything was compared to for many years was the original King Kong versus Godzilla. So, And have you heard any more about this whole John Carpenter Godzilla thing? I Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot to, to mention that. That was a um, uh, promotion that Shout Factories is doing and what it is is they are going to be over the course of a few nights they are streaming because they have a uh app or website or whatever it's called shout factory tv uh, and it's one of those things that's kind of like um like pluto tv you know it's mm-hmm. it's pre-programmed so you can just jump into the stream at any point um but uh godzilla day is officially november 3rd because if i remember that's when the original movie came out in japan um and uh, for Godzilla Day, like over the course of that week, uh, certain it's like, you know, Monday, you know, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or something like that at eight o'clock, they're going to be screening some of the classic uh, Ashiro Honda directed uh, monster movies. Uh, and John Carpenter is hosting them. So he's doing uh, like some commentary, talking about them and like, you know, queuing them up. So that's going to be well, that's cool. I think that's cool because that's definitely something that. um you know about John Carpenter. If you read enough interviews, he has espoused his love of Godzilla and Kaiju movies for a long time. Uh, But I think this is the first time he's actively getting to do something related to them. So that's pretty cool. It's too bad. He's not doing his own Godzilla movie though. That That would be even better. I hope, I hope that this is like a, something that uh, is a springboard to something like that, where he gets to direct. Cause I know a big thing that Toho has been doing lately is uh, these Godzilla short films. Uh, in relation to like special Godzilla related events. So give John Carpenter one of those. I want to see him at least get to crank out like a short film or something like that. Yeah. That'd be, that would be awesome. Oh, heck yes. And 
Is the last movie he directed The Ward? It is. Oh, wow. That I is... know, right? What a movie Whoa. to go to go out on. Well, because before that, the last thing he did was Ghosts of Mars. Uh, and that was just a disastrous and troubled production that he quit filmmaking after he said he was going to retire from directing because of that experience. Uh, and then he came back to do The Ward. And again, I think The Ward just didn't do great. So he again was like, okay, I'm stepping away from filmmaking. Maybe this is just, cause I'd seen him in some interviews say that maybe it's not his thing anymore. Like he okay. lost it or something like that. But it sounds like he's got something in the works though. Cause in interviews, he's been saying he's got a project and possibly a directing gig lined up. So hmm. I wonder what it's going to be. All right. If you are tuning in for the first time, hello, Jeremy and I talk <laughs> yeah. about horror things for a bit. Yeah. I always forget to mention this at the very top. And then we talk about the two movies that we don't yet know what the other one's going to assign to the other person that mm -hmm. they have not seen before. And then we talk about them. So if you want to just skip to the movies, it's in the notes for the podcast and you can skip ahead. But really hang out with us, okay? Please. Yeah, hang out with us. That's what, you know, our people tell us. That's the fun <laughs> part is actually hanging out with us. So, And speaking of our people, we have a couple of terrograms. Yes, we do. Do you want to kick us off? I will. Uh, fiend of the podcast, Ethan, uh, has written in with subject line being congrats. Uh -huh. And Ethan writes... Sorry for the delay, but happy 100 episodes. I'm so proud of you guys and can't wait for what's to come. Let's book me now for episode 190 so I have time to plan some films. <laughs> hey, written down, duly noted. Anyways, just a few things. Have you guys seen the trailer for Megan? Oh my God, it looks so fucking bad, but I can't wait to see it. I'm sure the trailer has the only good parts, but Jesus Christ, that fucking dance thing she does is amazing. Another thing, Lake Mungo was featured in Shudder's 101 Scariest Movie Moments. As a loyal fan, I was super happy to see the, this movie featured. I believe Mike Flanagan said he recommends this movie to everyone, and I never felt so heard in my lifetime. One last thing, I just read that Terrifier 2 is making people throw up in the theaters. Isn't that great? Gotta love Art the Clown. Anyways, congrats again for 100 episodes. I hope all is well. Bye! Oh, my God, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and yes, I was excited to see Lake Mungo on there, even though I'm not as horny for it as y'all are. But I still do really like it. And it is good. And yes, Mike Flanagan is amazing. And I found that quite fascinating. And Jeremy, you know what I just realized? Hmm. Tomorrow is the two-year anniversary of our first episode dropping. Whoa! <laughs> so, since this is before it, I'm going to say happy two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary. I can't believe we've been doing this for two I know. Years. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe it's been a year. I'm like, bitch, it's been two years. <laughs> it's been two years, and that is, that's awesome, and I'm glad we still, uh, we're still doing it. Yeah, and thanks, Ethan. I know you've been along for the ride for a while, and uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to see Terrifier 2 today, so. Uh, <gasps> oh, oh, very good. I yeah. will report back on how that is. Probably not till the next episode. Sure, but, sure. But I'm curious. I was like, this weekend, I gotta fit in some scary movies, so I'm gonna see that today i'm gonna go see um barbaric tomorrow barbaric is that the barbarian. barbarian barbarian thank you i was like that doesn't sound right i'm gonna yep. go see that tomorrow because i'm like i gotta shove these in yeah i gotta see both of these man uh terrifier 2 i heard is doing so well that they're, they've expanded its theatrical that's why realm, is what's yeah. happening yep yeah. so that's probably only, how you're able to see it it yeah, was a limited only, engagement yeah uh -huh. and just in certain theaters and only at night and the only way i was would have been able to see it with my schedule would have been to go see it like at 1 a.m in a drive-through and without the use of hard drugs uh, that is not happening so yeah, and, and that's like and it's like a two and a half hour movie from what i understand so yeah, i know i know i know so but apparently it earns that runtime like everyone i'm reading stuff by says like it you know it's worthy of being two and a half hours. So. I know one person who said it didn't need to be that long, but most other people are saying what you're saying. And then someone else was like, I can't wait to talk to you because it introduces something very interesting. So I'm just like fascinated that it, there's something to it. I don't know, you know, that it's anything groundbreaking, but yeah. something a little different than the first one. So and I, I do think Art the Clown is a worthy, like new icon. Yeah, or, like I, I want more art the clown stuff in my life. So, yeah, it's crazy that they released this in the theater and also that it's been doing pretty decent, at least, you know, in its first couple of weeks for mm -hmm. as limited as it's been. 
just considering the first one was like straight to video and straight to video and just it's slowly grown as like a word of mouth you know from what i understand cult uh classics because how could it not with that one scene alone yeah absolutely it's just i'm i'm all about you know it's cool that there's indie horror like this that feels uh iconic and big like the big time franchises like let's let's create some new uh, i can't think of anything comparable since uh adam green did like the hatchet series like that's the uh most recent thing i can think of to compare like what's happening with terrifier too so um it's like yeah yeah cool let's get some more franchises i like that yeah so and megan we saw okay. the Megan yes. trailer. How about no, that? Uh, no, we didn't. Oh, you closed your eyes and I did, did your thing? I, okay. Because I am excited for it. So here's what's interesting about Megan. I saw that the trailer was coming out. I'd never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And I just saw what it was about. And I'm like, oh, it sounds kind of like the Chucky remake, but it's a girl doll and I love killer dolls. So like I'm there for it. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, my friend Vince wrote me and said, do I have to watch this Megan trailer now that all the gays are like freaking out over it? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I saw something on like the Fangoria, like Instagram where Uh they show her like dancing and there there was like a meme or whatever. And it said like, every time toxic comes on the radio and it was like her dancing. Yeah. And then, so I closed my eyes for the trailer. And then at the very end, Joe and I do this thing when we're watching movie trailers where we'll say no uh, after movies we don't want to see, or we're like, yes. And I looked over him and he was like, uh, yes. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like I was shocked that he like, like wants to see it so tell me your thoughts on what how it looks i can i i I don't know where to go because i'm with ethan where i'm like it's either gonna be fucking horrible because it 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 looks so derivative of a million other like you know child's play killer doll movies uh and even just like science fiction technology run amok because it's more of the you know uh going the robot angle but at the i think it's either going to be really stupid uh, or if it's weird enough, like seeing the actual movie in context, I think it could be cool if it's, you know, strange enough. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm <laughs> could so, go either way. So curious. But yeah, I did not know. I guess I'm not as in tune with the gays, but apparently that it is all she is all the rage with them. So mm-hmm. so I'm excited, though. It, it looks so creepy. Yeah, yeah it, it looks. Yeah, it's, it looks like okay, cool. They're actually doing something with that idea of the uncanny valley, which is awesome. Uh, often related to like dolls and you know fake uh, humans, if you will. So it's humanoid. Such an odd term. Things. Why? Why is that term? What does it mean? I mean, I know you. I know what the like definition. Yeah. Of, but where does the term come from? I wonder. I want to look All it right. up real quick. You look it up. I'm going to move on to our next telegram. This sure. is from. Teacher Drew in Phoenix, who writes, Greetings. Sorry for the miscue. I was born in Washington and grew up in the great Pacific Northwest. This is in regards to his last message where he said he was going to the PNW, and I didn't know what the fuck that was. Uh, Continuing, I guess that isn't common vernacular in other parts of the country, although my husband knew it, so I guess other people do. It just wasn't me. Okay, back into the message again. There is a fascination in this part of the U.S. with Sasquatch. He's become almost a celebrity. In fact, there are entire Sasquatch-themed stores. Needless to say, I thought of Jeremy at every turn. You mentioned the schoolhouse-turned-hotel that I stayed in. Yes, it is haunted. And yes, I had an experience. A few nights ago, I turned off the lights and crawled into bed. All of a sudden, the temperature in the room dropped significantly. I was shivering. I sat up, and in the corner by the antique armoire was a shadow. I stared (gasps) at it until my eyes focused more. It was a female silhouette dressed in long flowing clothing. I slowly reached over and turned on the light. She was gone. Apparently, Others had seen a female throughout the building. It is believed that she was a former teacher at the school. I rationalized that she was probably not a threat to me as a fellow teacher, as he is a teacher. Hence, teacher Drew. (laughs) At any rate, it was an interesting encounter. About the new Hellraiser, I thought it was a nice addition to the series and better than some. It exposes a new generation to the mythology. I agree with Brandy Joe. The first two are still the best. Till next time, love to you both. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, teacher Drew and Phoenix. I that was the first time I read that, and I got gooseys. Ooh, yeah, I know. That's like that's freaky. That is freaky. Yeah, I believe it too. Oh my god, you know. TDIP. 
TDIP, yeah. yeah, Teacher Drew of Phoenix. Okay, I was like, mm-hmm. I like it. TDIP. It's a nice um, acronym. Oh my God, that is so fun, Teacher Drew. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And it is true. Like on my gay Facebook groups that I'm a part of, gay horror Facebook group I'm a part of, those are the only gays I'm, I guess, sort of linked in, although they haven't been talking about Megan. They've just been talking about Halloween ends. But, um, but they all seem to like a lot of them, you know, I'm not putting all gays in a box, but a lot of them really do love the new Hellraiser. So I think there is something to what Teacher Drew is saying that the people who aren't watching the older movies, like I have a blockage with older films, who doesn't have like a podcast partner who makes them watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those people probably are like, oh, cool, what's this? And there's a trans actress playing Pinhead. Like, I think it is doing exactly that. And it's not a bad movie. It just, you know. If you're into the the franchise, I think you're like, mm, no, that's the, yeah. you're doing things to it that you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, there's that. That's kind of what I'm seeing too. It's not that anyone's like against where they're going or whatever. It's just the the Clive Bar. That's really what it is. The ones that Clive Barker had full control of, which would have been one and two. Uh, that's like where it was at its peak. It seems like those. It, it seems like the Hellraiser world is just so intertwined with Clive Barker's psyche as a person that it's hard to get. A, it seems like filmmakers have a hard time getting a handle on the mythology if they're not working directly with Clive. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you need to watch it because I'm yep. surprised you haven't. I, it's just every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's like two hours. I can't find a night where I had like, you know, time to do it. And I'm ready to sit down and watch like a, you know, a new movie, get engaged with something I haven't seen before. Yeah. So. As opposed to putting on like an old classic that, you know, very well that you can like work at the same time. Exactly. Like that's yeah. kind of where I've been at where I'm like, OK, I'll rewatch something because I know I'm going to be walking in and out of the room and doing other stuff. So um but uh, I did find out Uncanny Valley. Oh, please do tell. So, okay. So, of course, the Uncanny Valley, very quickly from the uh, Wikipedia page, says in aesthetics, the uncanny, the uncanny Valley is a hypothesized relation between an object's degree of resemblance to a human being and the emotional response to the object. Uh, and it says the phrase actually came from a robotics professor from Japan. Uh, and the, the phrase in Japanese got translated to Uncanny Valley in English, uh, and because it ties into the idea of the uncanny, which goes back to theories that uh, like Sigmund Freud uh, had come up with in psychology and elaborated on by other psychologists. Uh, and uncanny in psychology means the uncanny is the psychological experience of something uh, as not simply mysterious, but creepy, often in a strangely familiar way. Mm, like so. the resemblance is uncanny. Like that is creepy how similar these two things are. Yeah, exactly. Because that's usually when the phrase is used, uncanny. Yeah, exactly. So that's where it goes back to is psych a lot. Uh, in psychology, the term uncanny has to do with people's like mental discomfort at something that is familiar but unsettling mm. at the same mm-hmm. time, uh, mm-hmm. which usually has to do with things that look human or like in a shape that you feel like you recognize, but it's not you. But at the same time, you innately know it is not. Okay. So yeah. It's kind of a dissonance, which makes you uncomfortable. So that's where that phrase, uh, but it gets applied to robotics because of course, what is robotics, but trying to build things that are like people. So that's where it gets uh, applied a lot. Yeah. And we have another telegram from friend of the podcast, Russell. Uh, the subject line is Halloween ends. And he writes, you all deserve a never-ending supply of Halloween candy for taking the time to review this. This movie was so awful, I'd rather watch Halloween Resurrection again as a stage play. Out of the three, I have to say, I probably suffered kills the most for the Kyle cameo and the campy thrill ride it ended up being. It certainly didn't seem to take itself as seriously as this drivel. I still can't get over the fact that Michael would off the kid who admits to a hunter dad i just want to dance but spare the life of a newborn baby and the first of these new offerings give me a break big john little john can we just go back to when Lori was michael's sister at least there was a motive a huge weepy tear for laurie strode's cringe-worthy character in this but is it ever gonna end bah humbug 
100% agree about Season of the Witch. Now, that would be interesting. But for God's sake, be nice for to Heather Langenkamp. Midnight Club isn't groundbreaking television, but I will give her mad props for the multiple roles she takes on in the series. For an actress who has been quite limited in her career, I feel it showcases her in a gracious light. Maybe give it a chance just for her. I hope it pushes her to do more work. But yeah, for Mike Flanagan, it sure is a snoozer. He has done better for sure. Now I'm going to go watch Silver Bullet. Thanks for the reminder. I haven't seen that in eons. Keep scaring and sharing, Russell. Now I'm probably going to have to edit some of that out because yeah. it really is full of spoilers, but I can keep some of there in there, some of it in there. Beautiful. Okay, so I just got to say, I have been watching more of The Midnight Club, and Heather Langenkamp is much better in it than I was giving her credit for, and the show is sort of growing on me a little bit. So do with that what you will, but I am sorry that I was cruel to Nancy, okay? I also feel like I'm hearing a lot of people that are like, Halloween ends, yes, please let it end. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? I want more Halloween. Just make better movies. You know, I don't want it yeah. to end. I want more Michael Myers. He's iconic. What a a, a great uh, villain. So keep making more. Just get a better take next time. I'm sure they can. <laughs> There's definitely a good new installment buried somewhere in the ideas. Just do one of those. I think that you have to go back and pick back up with Jamie. I really do. Like, Pretend like these never happened, go back and pick up after five and bring back Daniel Harris as Jamie. And then it's just all wacky because she's been in like all these different variations of Halloween. Mm -hmm. But I know she'd fucking do it. It would be interesting to see what they do there. And yeah. just say, now we're on this timeline. Yeah. I, that's what it. I'm all for. And yep. I have things that I wish I would have done with the ending, but I just don't feel like I can talk about it because, you know. It just yeah. has to give things away, but mm -hmm. I'll say them to you at some point. Outside. The time will the time will come. Yes. But Russell, thank you for writing in. I'm sorry for whatever I had to go in there and cut out because <laughs> yep. it's full of stuff that, you know, some people just haven't seen it yet. But I'm glad I just know I read the whole thing to Jeremy. OK, uh, yeah, he did. I did. Okay, thanks, Russell. And if you want to write us, scaringasharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta, scaringasharing and dive deep into our DMs. Dive deep. Uh, I wanted to say, Jamie Lee Curtis, I watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and Kyle Richards, of course, is on there. And Jamie Lee Curtis was on earlier this season. She, like, is a part of some charity. I can't remember now what it was, but they had, like, some items, like, wind chimes and things, and she came on the show because she and Kyle are good friends and, you know, sort of promoted her... Um, her charity, and I guess it went really well. And so she came on the reunion special, which was this week, which was like great timing with Halloween ends. So they were doing lots of promotionally things for it. But mm -hmm. she came on the show and she was so fucking cool. I just gotta say, like, she was just like the sweetest, coolest person. So if you love Jamie Lee Curtis and you wanna go check it out, I think you can go to YouTube, type Jamie Lee Curtis, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and you can see like the little segment of her. But it's just amazing. And my husband and I were both just like, oh my God, she's so fucking cool. Cause she really just is. Yeah, she's awesome. She's honestly at this point in my life when I think about it, I'm like, I think she's in there for like my top favorite actors ever. Of all she's time. So like, good. She, she's like, definitely like out. She's so yeah, good. She's definitely like top 10, maybe even top five. So. Yeah. And she's in some, is she in everything everywhere all at once? That, yes. Okay. Yes. I haven't I, seen it yet, but she is in there. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I got to check that out. Everyone has told me oh. I've had a lot of friends that were like, if there's any one movie that was like made specifically for your tastes, Jeremy, it's this movie. You got to check you it not out. Watch it when someone tells you that. I know. And I'm like, oh, I keep sleeping on it. I got it. <laughs> My problem is I'm so lazy and I just wait for everything to come to streaming services before I jump on anything. So I think it's been out streaming for a while. Yeah, I got to find it. I got to track you, it down. You. Uh, yeah. So Jamie Lee Curtis is awesome. Um, Yeah, I don't. What what other news? Oh, I guess what what news do you have? What have you watched since we saw each other like well, two days ago? I've got a couple bits of news uh, that uh, I one is sad and one is fun that I just thought tied into um, uh, films we've covered in the past. Uh, and I'll start with the sad news, which is um, that uh, uh, Mike Shank uh, from American Movie, he was uh, Mark Borchardt's buddy. He passed away the other day. 
Oh, I just saw that getting shared in some of the movie uh, nerd groups I'm in because, uh, you know, American movie is a beloved cult film, but people shared he had uh, been fighting cancer, apparently, and just passed away. And he was a fixture of his little community out in Milwaukee there. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people were sharing tributes. So uh, and if you guys have not seen American movie, uh, we covered it a long time ago. Uh, and it's just a great documentary. So, so. good. If you love movies, if you love horror movies, you'd probably love that documentary. So seek sure it out. Um, and also, can I just say, in sad news, Ted White just died, I think, today or oh. yesterday, who was Jason Voorhees in um, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Wow. I know. So I think I saw that. Yeah, I think I just saw that. Sad. So sorry to keep the sad news rolling. Yeah, there you go. Take and us into something else, something some, positive. Something fun uh, was, so apparently, because I follow him on uh, Instagram, Clint Howard uh, was just at the, uh, there's a film festival, horror film festival in Colorado that was just going on. Uh, and he was there because they were screening the ice cream man uh, oh at my it. God. Uh, and he served ice cream. Oh my God, that is rich. And I think that is just so much fun. So, and it's, it's great to see like for a movie that, you know, it's like, it's a so bad. It's good. Uh, really to a lot of people. Like it's got this cult following and Clint Howard is all about it. He's totally self-aware that it's like not a good movie, but it's a movie people love. And he just, he just lives it up, plays into ice cream man for people. So that's amazing. Oh, that's so, so cool. I love that. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy. I really see. Here's the thing: I don't have like a strong desire to go to like horror conventions. I don't. I would for like the merch, but yeah. like I don't want to have to stand in line forever to meet somebody and yeah. get autographs. Like autographs would just like sit at like the bottom of a drawer for me. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't. If someone gave me a free ticket, of course I would go. Mm-hmm. I just don't seek that out. But the idea of like uh, a horror movie festival sounds so fun, even yes. for the bad ones. Like I, that's something I would love to do and really want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the horror conventions, I've been to uh, a couple, uh, you know, and they're fun. Um, but it's not like I do the walk around and then I'm like, OK, I'm done. Time to get out of here. Like, see if I meet anybody and all that. But a horror film festival sounds so much more up our alley, I think, for actually getting to see movies and hang out with people. Um, and I, I've always wanted to do one of those uh because uh, it doesn't seem like there's any theaters around us that do that sort of thing. But if you're on the coasts, it seems to happen a lot more where they have those like up all night, you know, marathons or whatever, all day, like festivals of just a ton of movies. That would be fun to do. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah, I think that there was a horror movie one around here last year for the first time. Like, I think it was part convention and part like film festival, which I think they do sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah. So I want to look into that because, yeah, that's what I want to do when I retire, which, that would, you know, won't yep. be for a long time. But yep, go to them, the go to them or host uh, a festival. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Either way. Yeah. All of it. All Sounds of it. good. Everything. Yes. That's what we should do. That's a, that's a future goal. I think <laughs> we should host a horror film festival. Yes. I love it. Let's do it. Future goals. Put it on the yeah. dream board. Yes. Hashtag goals. Well, anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, I think I'm trying to, if you have no more news, what I've watched, speaking of watching yeah. movies I've seen before, uh, last night I had on uh, Clockwork Orange, oh, uh, which I feel is thematically, it's not truly a horror, in my mind it's a horror movie though, I see people argue about it online all the time, like where does it fit, is it just a science fiction, is it, you know, this drama but i think it's horrific enough in content that it can fall into horror movie i think that's where it fits but man i've seen it multiple times over the years and i love kubrick and every time i watch it i'm like this is a brutal movie and i can understand how it is just not for everybody Mm because you know it's it's heavy um but there's something to it i mean the whole thing was supposed to be a meditation of course on uh, the degeneration of like youth culture and society and violence in media and consuming violence, uh, what that does to you. Um, so it's a lot going on. <laughs> and every yeah. time I watch it, I'm like, this is a brutal movie. Um, but it seems elevated, of course, by Kubrick being such a, you know, artistic director that it's uh, there's, there's a sort of, that's how it has its elevated status. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a stage play of it, and I'm curious about that. Wow, yeah, that would yeah. be in- that would be interesting. 
Yeah. I don't know how they do a lot of it, but we'll see. And I do understand Kubrick's movie, of course, has differences from the novel that was source material. So I wonder if the stage play is closer to the uh, novel or from the film. Possibly. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. That's all I got for you. Oh, and I just this morning, right before we recorded, I rewatched Halloween 5. Oh, boy. Which is not good. Yeah, there's just the one scene in the shoot. Which was that you who recently said that you watch it and it seems to go on forever? Yes. Okay. Was, I think that was last year, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, because it's my yearly rewatch trying to get all the Halloweens in. Um, that's another one, though, where I was I was really like struck this time. We're like, wow, they tried some real... They were swinging for the fences in expanding the mythology in Halloween 5, and it just doesn't pay off because... They, what they did is they introduced a lot of plot threads that then the next one, six, Curse of Michael Myers, does not like resolve in any satisfying fashion. So it's like, okay, that was a big experiment that didn't work. Yeah. And I recently, I follow the guy. He's a, a gay now, but um, he was the little boy. Is he like a little pirate? Her little yeah. friend? Yeah, Billy. Billy! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she keeps I screaming him Billy. On, um, on Instagram and he posted something. He's like, I'm so happy to be you know part of the halloween legacy or whatever oh cool So yeah he's super yeah. cute now so that's yep. fun fun well cool yeah i am all her all the time now um which is no different than ever i was telling someone but mm-hmm. i started the watcher i'm one episode in and it's fine mm-hmm. i'm already like i want to know how close it is with the real life case because mm-hmm. i some bits of the letters are like i remember very like vividly but i i'm curious if the i'm gonna have to watch something afterwards that compares them or whatever i know it's gonna go in some weird places because i don't think that ever got resolved so yep. i'm sure it's just like uh you know an, an imagination a fictionalized version of what how it all could have transpired so sure but it's fun to see mia farrow she's so good in it love her and margo martindale for the two of them alone it's worth it it, it. and jennifer coolidge i mean they're really all so good the real story happened like a long time ago right yeah maybe i mean maybe within the last 10 years i don't know if it was that long ago but not too much longer than that i don't think because i feel like that story was covered in unsolved mysteries but i might be mistaken because that would have had to have put it like 20 years ago you know to be able yeah i don't think it's that old so it might not be that old maybe it was like a true crime maybe it was unsolved mysteries has a podcast maybe that's what i was listening (laughs) to because for some reason i have it like connected to unsolved mysteries and maybe i heard it on their podcast that's been going on for like years now so i don't know do they have a podcast? Yeah, there is an Unsolved Mysteries oh. podcast. Yep. That, like official? Uh, it's like an official one? Yeah, so it's officially connected to like Cosgrove Productions that, you know, owns the show. So, Oh, yeah, there's supposed to be a new season of that dropping, I think, this month. Very soon. Yeah, I think yeah. in like a week, in the next week or so, something like that. So. I mostly have liked the Netflix ones. Not all of them, but some of them yeah. are good. I, I liked sort of when they would cover multiple things as opposed to full long episodes. Yeah, things. back in the old days. And it's, it's really hard without somebody like Robert stack hosting who was just an incredible host to the uh the old series so yeah and you like see his face and like the opening credits at one point and i thought it was abraham lincoln (laughs) (laughs) like someone was like "Ooh," and the robert stack you know cameo in the credits i'm like what are you talking about they're like oh at the end when this and i'm like oh my god i thought it was abraham lincoln (laughs) abraham lincoln's always watching (laughs) so dumb All right, well, Jeremy, um, this is the time where we share movies with each other. Yeah, so let's do it. I think you're first. So what mm. are you going to assign me that I've not seen before? So I was going through the list, the legendary list, where we keep track of these on a big old spreadsheet. Um, and I wanted to find something. I don't know. It's spooky season. I want to find something that's good enough, hardcore enough, whatever, for this time of year. Um but as I looked at this, I forgot I threw this on here. I think I'm going to go with Zombie. Oh. This time around. Lucio okay. Fulci's, uh, uh, which is fun that it has so many different titles. Originally called Zombie 2 in Italy. Called just Zombie in the U.S. And for the U.K. Uh, listeners, it's called Zombie Flesh Eaters over there. So. so I think this is the one with the piece of wood through the eyeball. So I've seen that multiple times. And that's about all I've seen. So I think it's, you know, pretty gory. I imagine the blood to be looking like paint as opposed to blood. Um, but yeah, just more of the same, you know, zombies, fairly slow moving. Uh, come in and wreaking some havoc on a town or a village 
or uh, beach town, a beach, some beach bums. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and a woman's going to get her eyes. I gouged out because that scene is amazing. It's not every like top mm-hmm. scariest things. Oh, it's yeah, for sure. It. Yeah, it's always everywhere. People love that scene. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I already know what I'm giving you and I knew, but it just I feel like it fits nicely with oh, this. Good. So I am giving you fresh. Fresh. Yeah. Fresh. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Sounds like I don't know. I feel like there's been a lot of one word title recent uh, releases. So um, who freaking knows? Fresh. But it's about it's about food somehow, like a restaurant or something like that. Um, maybe a cannibal angle. I don't know. Zombies, cannibals, something eats people and the people is fresh. <laughs> this movie does something that you love and I can't wait for it. <laughs> I wish cool. I was there with you when it happened. Awesome. I think you'll know based on me saying that. When Mm -hmm. it does happen. Awesome. Can't (laughs) wait. Let's do it. And I think it's the best ever of this particular thing. I'm going to stop talking about it now. Okay. Um, But you won't know what it is until it happens. Um, But yes, I'm so excited. It's on Hulu. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I was just reading a list of. Never mind. I'm going to stop talking. Stop. We'll talk about it after. (laughs) When we come back. All right. Stick around. We'll talk about those movies in just a moment. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And this is the half of the show where we talk about the movies. That's right. We watched them. Let's talk about them. That's right. We watched them. All right, we'll kick us off. All right, first up, we are doing Zombie, a.k.a. Zombie 2, a.k.a. Zombie Flesh Eaters. And I want to say that I think Zombie Flesh Eaters is a lame title because I keep, like, all these review videos and I keep finding stuff that's from outside the U.S. and that's what everyone calls it, apparently, is Zombie Flesh Eaters. And I don't know. I think Zombie, just Zombie, is a much better title. So It's kind of redundant. That's what I thought. Zombie flesh eaters is too redundant because we all know that zombies eat flesh since Romero. So come on, guys. But anyway, the uh, this is, of course, directed by the great Lucio Fulci. I don't know. Have you ever seen any Fulci before? Is this your first Mm -hmm. Fulci movie? It's not. It's not. Okay. I wondered. I wondered. Uh, And I love the tagline on Letterboxd is we are going to eat you. That is good. That is good. And the description is, on the Caribbean island of Matol, white doctor David Menard, I like how it says white doctor, they throw that in there, um, is trying to stem the tide of cannibal zombies that are returning from the dead. Arriving on the island are Anne and reporter Peter West, who are looking for Anne's missing father. The pair soon find themselves under attack from the zombies. Okay, so I'm just like looking up. I have seen a little bit of you know i think this may be the first full fulci i've seen because i've seen chunks of the beyond and a little bit of house by the cemetery but i think everything else is bava who i was like confusing with fulci Mm -hmm. i don't it doesn't really resonate with me completely there's just something about this style i don't love it's again, I can like respect it and everything, but I find it boring. I don't like the bad dubbing. It throws me off. It isn't like endearing. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. <laughs> but okay. Any movie where you're going to have a zombie fight a shark, you got to like love it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is such a movie of like, and I've seen it a few times before, but watching it this time, I was like, yeah, this is a movie that like the plot just does not matter. There's no fucking plot. It just I mean, there is one, but it doesn't matter. This is a collection of scenes that you're going to talk about. Like it has its set pieces and that's the important part of this movie. For sure. And I guess that and the eye gouging scene, the shark and the the the, the wood are those are the scenes I love. I when later when like the zombies start like rising up out of the ground with like sort of the poster image with worms in their eyes, I'm just like, 
this feels not terribly exciting. It's so like slow, and I'm just kind of like, okay, let's get to it. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of like in the beginning though, I was kind of digging this like it's sort of set up kind of like a rom com. Like let's pretend like we're having sex so that we don't get like in trouble and stuff like that. But then like that all just kind of falls away. Like it sort sort of starts off with like I think some interesting like character development and a little bit of fun, and then I just am like bored. Like. <laughs> Anything in between someone getting their neck ripped off or guts being eaten, I'm just sort of like, huh. <sighs> yeah, they get to the island and it's sort of like, and then it's just zombies. Like the, the, the final act of the movie where it's just them running and gunning and fighting zombies that are everywhere. I'm like, this is the prototype to all of like the zombie shooter video games that exist mm. i'm mm-hmm. I, I feel like that that's about as much plot as those have which is just go to this location there's zombies kill the zombies and the, you know the fun is just running around shooting and i'm like I, this movie and movies like this feel like the prototype to that even more so than because the romero movies have character development like crazy there's actual like drama going on eh, these uh, definitely i mean this movie is like the prototype of the italian zombie movie like all the others are just imitations of this flick uh and they all kind of suffer from the same thing which is just we need ridiculous zombie action and gore plots kind of inconsequential yeah and i don't care for that as much like i just i that's why i love the romero movies especially day of the dead like it's just so good like i love how that it's saying something more it isn't just a collection of gore but then I can get behind a sort of fast-paced film where the the plot may be a little bit not as important. Although I can't think of any right now because like 28 days later, 28 weeks later, those both have other elements to them and the characters are great. And like Train to Busan, mm-hmm. things like that, the remake of Dawn of the Dead, those all have good characters as well. So I think I like a zombie movie if I'm going to be able to really root for the characters and be there for it. Otherwise, I'm fine just watching a couple of good scenes on a compilation thing somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, I was digging around too, and it seems like into Italian horror history, because I've seen enough of these, but I wanted some more context, I guess, of uh, this movie. And, you know, Cannibal Holocaust comes out the next year after this, because the zombie and the cannibal cycle of movies in Italy were kind of like one in the same. And they all had the same plot, which was like, we got to get some characters. They go to a remote island or a jungle somewhere, and there's either zombies or cannibals, sometimes both in the case of the movie Zombie Holocaust, where they go to an island where there is both a cannibal tribe and zombies. Uh, So yeah, they, and it was really just an excuse for gore. Uh, And I think that kind of came from the Jalo cycle that predated this because you had Bava set the stage, Argento kind of bird with the crystal plumage happens, perfects the idea of the Jalo, which became increasingly less coherent like movies because the Mm -hmm. idea was always it wasn't about the plot actually making any sense or having any internal logic it was more about the dream logic of uh surreal killings and events and horrifying images and i think that kind of bled into the uh the filmmaking going into the 80s where they were just more like let's make it gross and crazy and everything else takes a backseat to that yeah and i don't know why when it comes to giallo why i don't mind as much the lack of character development i don't know why i get i don't know if it's because like artistically it is a little bit more stylized and Mm -hmm. cool to look at and here it's not as much like it's like if i was really into gore which i mean gore is fine i'm impressed by a really impressive kill but that's why i love the one scene that everyone talks about yeah And I was thinking, too, about how I I cannot remember the first time I saw this movie. Uh, I know I was aware of it as like a teenager when I first started really getting into horror and heard about this from people. And I feel like the trend of the horror fandom back then was an obsession with what's the goriest, grossest thing. So that's what was kind of getting, you know, foisted on you by other people were like, you haven't seen zombie. You got to see this because. Everyone was into like, what's 
a good horror movie is the grossest, goriest, you know, nastiest one. It, I think that was the trend all those years ago. So um, uh, to some degree, I think I have some nostalgia for these kinds of movies, but I can understand. Uh, I can take a step back and understand how people would not be into this because they all just feel like, unlike a Jalo, which is hyper stylized, as you said, these zombie and cannibal movies feel more like just grubby second rate like nature documentaries <laughs> like the way mm-hmm. the cinematography is done so yeah of course though one thing i haven't mentioned that is great is the score it's the score is so good yeah i still it, prefer like the dead series like the romero movies but like mm-hmm. the score is kind of sticks in your head it's it's kind of cool that sort of because it's like 79 right so it's yeah, like 79 so it's yeah it's kind of that transitional sort of synthy sort of feel yeah it's like really haunting sounds like it makes me think of halloween like yeah <laughs> any haunted house or uh, uh the noise everyone talks about of all those old uh decorations that used to make noise so reminds me of that a little bit yeah and i had the subtitles on for a little bit because i was trying there was something someone said that i wanted to realize what it was and it was interesting because the subtitles and the dubbing was different like it would be like yeah. you have to pay your share would be what they'd say like in the subtitles and then like the actual dialogue would say that will be four hundred dollars <laughs> it was just like so weird uh-huh. that was constantly happening that i'm like i guess i just would have thought you would have done the subtitles based on the dub yeah, I, I wonder if this the subtitles were probably like the direct translation to whatever the Italian track is. Totally. Then, yeah, the dub is totally who knows what they do with those dubs sometimes. Yeah. And at the end, it just felt like an endless round of mocktails. Mocktail fires? What are those called? Uh, uh, Molotov cocktails. Thank you. <laughs> I was yep. like, mocktails? Mocktails. <laughs> they had just so many of those. I'm like, did I miss you like putting these all together? Because they just seem to be coming out of like a machine where they just like had one right after the other. No, you didn't miss anything. They were literally though, just like there's some kerosene over there. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's get that uh, ready to go. And then all of a sudden they just have unending supply of Molotov cocktails. And the ending doesn't feel as haunting like the last image because you're still seeing like cars just drive by and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like It I, doesn't feel like effective. Like, Oh my God, look at this city is like, besieged yes i love i love the idea of it like i love the shot of like just zombies walking across the brooklyn bridge uh but yeah it 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 looks more like a zombie walk or something like that you know like (laughs) have you done one of those i have have you yes i was in uh i was in the one uh that was in grand rapids when i was in college um that we were in guinness for a minute because it was the biggest zombie walk ever uh, and then was beat like a month later somewhere else. But uh, and the city was not prepared for it. They didn't think it was going to be as big a deal as it was. So they did not have the police there to control traffic or anything like that. So it was uh, it was pandemonium. People were like climbing on buses and stuff. Oh, my like God. That. Like, it was like a mini riot moving through Grand Rapids before it got like uh, some control <laughs> of it. Wow. So I was like, it was fun. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing that eye gouging scene for the first time without knowing it was coming. Especially yes. back in 79. Yeah. It must have been like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And it, it is so <laughs> random, the zombie fighting the shark. It is like, what? Yeah, the zombie fighting the shark, the eye gouge. And I still think the opening is pretty effective uh, when the cops find the abandoned boat and then the zombie just busts out and attacks them like that's mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool sequence. Um, and what else? Oh, and when they go and they find the lady who had her eye gouged out is now just being devoured by zombies. Yeah, uh, it's so over the top. And like I can. Yeah, I can imagine seeing that for the first time and being like Ooh, sick in the theater. So and I was surprised when I got to the eye gouging scene. I was like, oh, well, this isn't that scene because it was night. And the way the lighting is, if you just see that scene, you think it's daytime Mm -hmm. because the light is coming like from behind the zombie, like outside the door. And I always thought it was during the daytime, but Mm -hmm. it's just the light on the inside. So that was like a surprise. I was like, oh, well, this can't be that scene because it's obviously night out. But it was just all in how the lighting was. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I I wonder if that was just a continuity error and they didn't care if they were shooting during the day and at night. Who knows? I think, no, I think it was like lit from like the inside. Lit from inside the house. I just thought the zombie was outside 
and she was inside mm-hmm. when I had seen like the clip like by itself before. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that Fulci is my homie. I don't know. Cause the beyond was like painful for me as much as I was like excited to watch it. It looked so cool. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, Oh yeah. The beyond is like peak Fulci. And I am a fan of the beyond. I like that movie, but it is, uh, yeah, if you're looking for plot development and character development, they do not exist in Fulci movies. <laughs> it's about the gore and just weirdness. So, yeah, that's too bad. Because I would consider City of the Living Dead. That's what I think is like. That poster is like my childhood. I remember that poster so vividly. And it's an insane movie. Um, but again, like I couldn't tell you what happens in it because. The plot is vague, broad strokes, and just lots of over-the-top gore sequences. So, so maybe right. someday. Maybe we'll dive in again at some point. I mean, point. just because I don't like them doesn't mean you can't give them to me. Yeah, I know. Exactly, right? Because I'll watch them. If yeah. you tell me, I will do it. They, I think they have at least... Most of his work has something uh, of interest in just about everything he does. There's going to be some sequence or scene that you're like, there's nothing else like this. So uh, he's good for that. And I feel like the gore is like, and I I haven't seen Dawn of the Dead in forever, but I feel like the gore is like a step above like the Romero movies, right? Like it is more realistic. I thought the blood was going to be like super red, like in Dawn of the Dead. It's not. It feels much more realistic. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like the gore is definitely amped up. And wasn't this supposed, I don't know, wasn't this supposed to be a sequel to Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, so the story of it is that um, Dawn of the Dead was partially financed by Italian producers. Dario Argento was one of them. Uh, and so what they got out of the deal was that they got to distribute the movie in uh, Italy and Europe, but their own cut. So they like slightly re-edited it, uh, put in new music. Uh, and then released Dawn of the Dead under the title Zombie. And it was a big hit in Europe, uh, which then caused producers to be like, we got to make more zombie movies. So this was, I think, one of the first ones out the gate. Uh, It was originally a script that was not related to Dawn of the Dead in any way. Like the writer was upset. And I think Fulci was too, actually, that they were marketing it as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. They wanted their work to stand on its own. But that was the producers where they were like, we'll call it Zombie 2. So people think it's related to that other one. And uh, Italy has very loose copyright laws. So they're able to to do that without actually you know, being involved with the prior movie. Because that's not the only example of that happening, right? Aren't there no. other circumstances? There's, yeah, like there's that? tons of it. Like uh, there's a movie in Italy called jaws five wow which came out after you know jaws the revenge but it's you know not related at all it's just a it's a killer shark movie that recycles stock footage from the jaws movies weird uh and it got released outside of italy under the title cruel jaws but jaws five is what that was called in italy and there's there's a ton of others there's like a terminator 2 uh, that existed before James Cameron actually made Terminator 2 that was released in Italy. That's like, yeah, not related in any way to the Terminators. So that is so odd. There, there's a ton of those if you look them up. Like a lot of these movies got released later with alternate titles, of course, in like other territories. But many of the cheesy Italian movies, like if you dig into them, lots of them have an alternate title that build it as a sequel to some like American hit. So. That's so peculiar. Yeah, it's strange, but it's kind of fun. Well, I don't have anything more to say about it. That's it. I know. This is just quick, nasty, gory. Out of uh, five uh, shards of wood to the eyeball, how many do you give it? Just based on those two scenes and those two scenes alone, I'm going to give it a three. Oh, nice. Higher than I thought you would go based on the conversation. Because I would recommend it for someone to see those. Okay. Yeah, uh, and I give it a four. I have a lot of nostalgia with this. I feel like like I can I can put this on and chill and kind of go along with its dreamlike uh pace and then jump into the the scene. So, uh, I do have some love for this one. So, four stars. All right. Well, there's one. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, I couldn't not I couldn't have it be a split screen, okay? I just couldn't. No, couldn't do it. 
because it's a classic in that regard. And yeah, I just, I, I would, I almost wanted to give it a two and a half, but I just didn't want it to be a splitty. Okay. Okay. I'm down, I'm down for that. Okay. No judgment. It's on the lower three. Okay. Don't, don't get all. <laughs> it's a low three. It's a low three. All right. Moving on to fresh from this year, 2022, the year of our lore directed by Mimi cave. Frustrated by scrolling dating apps only to end up on lame, tedious dates, Noah takes a chance by giving her number to the awkwardly charming Steve after a produce section meet-cute at the grocery store. I love that that just sounds like it could be a rom-com. Yeah, absolutely. And it felt like it could be up to a point. (laughs) Up until a point. So, Jeremy, what did you think of Frosh? Uh, Frasch, as I kept saying. I, I watched this with my wife, too. I so. was hoping she was going to watch it. I forgot to tell you that. Joe watched it with me, too. Yeah, I don't think she enjoyed it nearly <laughs> as much as I did, but <laughs> but she did watch it with me, and we kept just going Frasch at random parts of the That's the funny. Movie. But, uh, yeah, this was, this, was, this was fun. This was unexpected. Um, and I knew the part you were talking about when you set this up for me, because I was like, <laughs> yeah! that's awesome i love a, I love that oh and it's like one of the best i mean it's the most extreme version other than putting it at the very end yeah yeah that, that is like i was like wow i feel like i watched an entire short film yep and, and then <laughs> it was all set up so that's incredible yep because they could have started the movie at a certain point and just threw you into it Mm-hmm. Like it's still functionally the movie would work. They'd have to do a little more, you know, uh, exposition to make that happen. But like he could have started there. But instead, uh, I just thought that was a cool idea to have this whole like other movie <laughs> set it up. So awesome. And yeah, I mean, this is like the antithesis of zombie in regards to what I like and don't like, because you do spend like 25 minutes just with the characters, just getting to know them before anything, before you even know what kind of a movie it is, even though I gave it to you. So you knew it had to be a horror movie. I was like, get to the twist. It was starting to kill me after a while where I'm like, what's going to happen? Explain it. Cause there's that moment where he's like, I'll tell you what's happening. I'm like, yes, tell me. (laughs) Well, you knew, I mean, like you would put it all together, whether you'd heard it somewhere or whatever, Mm -hmm. or I also, sort of tipped my hat because i said that i thought this would go well with zombie so i think you know that helped whether you had it of known that certainly gave it a little bit of a tip and i i realized too that i had seen this movie well not seen the movie but i saw the name pop up and like had seen the poster in like a buzzfeed article or something like that where like the most disturbing horror movies people have been watching and i think this was in one of those lists because it's pretty messed up like the actual uh content i was like wow uh dark and gross so cool yeah it has some shades of like misery in there like Mm -hmm. for sure like sort of a reverse misery and i just i I do love that if you had no idea and you didn't read the description, you're, you're on Hulu, that you'd be like, oh, a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't know for the longest time. I mean, you might get like little bits of, hmm, but it really does set it up so well. And I find it funny. My husband really much, en- he very much enjoyed it. I, of course, like whenever I watch a scary movie with him that I like and I know I like already, I'm like hyper aware of mm-hmm. how his foot is moving or whatever because i imagine if he's like if it's going back and forth back and forth he's like oh i'm over this like i Uh just overanalyze everything um so i wasn't sure like he was laughing in the beginning like at certain things so i knew he was like into it like to the characters and stuff um and it does have like a really dark sense of humor which i dig but he he liked it a lot he did say He felt it was just a little bit too long, and I could understand that. I think you could trim out about 10 minutes and probably have it be that much stronger. That was my main gripe, was I I, I felt like it went a little too long, so. Yeah, but it's definitely, like, I love that it's written and directed by by women, and it's one in a long line of sort of, like, men are bad horror movies that I've seen this year that I really like. And, I mean, men are. Men are the worst. So, not all of them. Not the Scare Boys. We're great people. We're good men. <laughs> We're a few good men. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
But um, it's really fun on a second watch because there are just so many little things that happen early on that just are once you know the whole story just are like oh that's that's clever oh that makes so much sense oh that's you know moving it along in a way that you don't realize until you see it a second time i do think too that um this this movie is all about like the anxiety of dating uh and i feel like that's real fertile ground for a horror movie that i've not seen explored uh, nearly in as much depth as this movie does. I feel like there, there's a lot of commentary here uh, or substance at least to that idea. And I feel like there should be more like this or like more movies uh, based on that idea. The only other major thing I can think of is audition. Mm-hmm. And that's about, that's all that's jumping to mind. I'm sure there's more, but those are like major ones I can think of. So Yes, I totally agree. And I like that it goes through some of like the good and the bad and how do you act on dates? Like just gets into that sort of, and I love her relationship with her friend, Molly. Molly is just so cool. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's sort of, you know, seemingly like bisexual, like, you know, she's just sort of fluid. She'll date, you know, not whoever, but like gender is not important to her. And she's just so cool. I love how it all ends without being super spoilery. And like, we so far haven't even like really talked about here's what's happening in the movie. Cause I think we can in a vague sense so that mm-hmm. if someone hasn't watched it, but it's on Hulu. So go check it out. But I love how it does end because I just, I would much prefer an ending like this movie has than how it could have gone. And mm-hmm. I also think that it, it does a good job of not, like totally spoon feeding you everything like that's sort of that's um punny a little not punny but whatever a little bit it's a a little little bit punny punny. like i i just think it does a good job there's certain elements that i appreciate how it handles them which makes me feel like oh you're giving your viewers some credit here and i dig that because aside from prey and this film, I don't find a lot of the Hulu original horror films that I've seen to be great. Yeah. But I think that these two that have both come out this year, both so far, definitely in my like top 10 horror films of the year. Like I could never have said that about another Hulu horror movie before. Yeah, I get that. I do want to say here, this might be a little bit spoilery. So okay. you've been warned. <laughs> My wife's main gripe with the movie was she was like, okay, but like, if this is his game plan, uh, why is he kidnapping skinny girls? <laughs> Makes so much more money. Well, and what I'm going to say is about, <laughs> I, I can already hear that it sounds horrible coming out of my mouth, but because a picture can, I just think it's about the picture and like the selling of here's what this person looks like. And I'm not saying that. Sure. Larger girls are not attractive, but I would imagine to someone who's paying, I don't know, $300,000 for some meat, they want someone to look kind of like a supermodel. And plus-size models are hot models, okay? And I'm just saying this guy, that is in my mind what I imagine he is selling. But mm-hmm. And I appreciate that all of the audio, like the people you saw like eating the meat is probably more like in her like head or whatever. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're not. I liked to believe they were real. <laughs> As I was going with, it seemed like they were dipping into the whole like secret society sort of uh, conspiracy thought of uh, uh, maybe a little bit like a hostel where it was like a whole secret club out there sort of thing. That's what that's kind of what I was imagining. And I think her like trying the meat and not going to the level of she loves the meat. It really does feel like a survival technique. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But also you could be like, oh, well, she doesn't. I mean, she throws up after the first time, but she doesn't, she does it again. And I think it is because of the end game of what she plans on doing, but it's still like, I just love that, that it's possible that it's not bad. Like that she only threw up because of what it was. And maybe it was kind of good. Like, I just appreciate that. I think that it's makes the levels on it so interesting and i love that dance that they do at the end mm-hmm. it is just so bizarre very pulp fictiony to yep. me. a lot of fun 
Yeah, I think it's a fun movie, which for its subject matter, I think that's what, to me, rises it above some of the rest is that it does know how to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's fun, but legitimately horrifying. Like, I kept thinking about, you know, the gr- the weight of what's going on in there, and I'm like, okay, I think these are the kind of horror movies that get to me, is stuff that could actually happen. So, uh, that's... Uh, that, yeah, yeah. The idea of having your butt cut off is horrifying. And the fact that that's just what he does, like right off the bat, like he's like, oh, I'm going to cut off your butt. <laughs> yeah, I was. All, <laughs> there's a lot of jokes back and forth, too, because I am <laughs> I will say I'm a butt guy and uh, I found it personally offensive. <laughs> and I think happen. one of the best uses of the Golden Girls theme also ever. Oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> and there, I was like, oh, so cool. And what a great, it ties into such an awesome moment too. Yeah. And just like the little things that they do to set up the red flags, like that Golden Girls theme song, like what they say to each other when they're like, you know, getting off the phone with one another, which is that red flag of why she's like, oh, this is not my friend who's texting me. Like, I just loved those little things. I love, love, love how it ends. I love that song. I think that's... um the yeah yeah yeahs that off with your head song yes uh and when i heard that at the end too i was like ah yes because i love that song i love the yeah 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 and and i love that song so uh i was i was i was dancing a little bit once that started up i was like what an awesome way to end the movie so yeah all the music is so good there's one song early on that i shazammed that i listen to often now and i like all the 80s songs in there i like it sort of has a feel of like american psycho in Mm -hmm. like how he is yeah yeah like that sort of cocky like i'm gonna listen to 80s music while i'm cutting off someone's leg <laughs> yeah i could i could see i could see sebastian stan in a if they did a another take on uh, american psycho i could see him doing patrick bateman and i also love the layer with his wife i just think that that's all very interesting to f- see that she was probably a previous victim of his that he sort of fell in love with and then i think the layer of her sort of seeing this happening with someone else in him but then also once he's dead that she's gonna kill this girl because she's probably jealous of her like adjust all of those like continuing things where Maybe, you know, in any other film, it would be like, oh, she doesn't know anything. And oh, she helps, you know, save the day or whatever. But it's like, no, she's she's a monster, too. She's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fun reveals. Fun reveals all around. But yeah, definitely in my top of the year for sure. I recently read the top horror movies of the year so far. And there's a couple in there I have not seen. And their number one was the Cronenberg movie. Oh, Isn't that crazy? The number yeah. one. And Pearl wasn't even on there. Wow, yes. Yeah, Cronenberg's yeah, uh, uh, new one, was it Crimes of the Future? I've yeah. heard, uh, I heard a lot of mixed things about it when it came out, so that's why well, I kind of... This person loved it. Okay. Hmm. Like, we gotta, number one. We got to check it out at some point. I know. We definitely, definitely, definitely do before the year's out, because last year I didn't do a top, because I didn't watch enough to make a top. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and there were a couple that I didn't watch like last night in Soho and Titan or Titan or however you say it. Titan, I think. That's how I said it with Joshua John Miller. And he like, he didn't correct me, but he said it correctly, which was not how I said it. Oh, okay. So I, I imagine he knows better than I do. He is a world traveler. Sure. 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 All right. Well, out of five but meatballs i don't know if that's what the meatball is made of but that's what i'm gonna say uh five butt meatballs how many do you give fresh i give it a high three and a half okay i give it four meatballs butt balls cool and another scare of approval that's right bitch we did it for you guys fucking did it fucking did it did it did it well that was fun that was a good time eating eating the people that's their theme. This it was uh, people getting munched yep. this time around. Um, you know, until next time, guys. Keep watching scary movies. Keep talking about scary movies. And keep hailing Paymon because scaring is sharing. That's right. <laughs> Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing.
This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.